Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and just let them talk about anything and everything. My friend Michael Pig is a church planner in San Marcos, Texas, and I'm a traditional church pastor here in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Today on the podcast, Nate and Michael are joined by Pastor Brent Green, and we are live in San Marcos, Texas. This is the one where we answer Dre Murray's question about how involved should pastors be in politics. So we're calling it the one about pastors and politics. So we hope you'll sit back and relax and enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Michael, how's it going this week? It's going well, Nate. How are you? It is great because I'm live in San Marcos, Texas on a rainy Saturday morning. This is the uh, live version from, what is it, Summer Moon Coffee Shop? Summer Moon here in uh, Hayes County. They're all over the place. We should tell these folks that they're getting free publicity on the largest podcast in the Northwest, (laughs) Southwest United States. They would be so impressed. With, I don't with even that. know where we live. <laughs> where we live, you can't figure that out. Huh? We're so, in the south central part of the country. So yeah, we've been hanging out this weekend. We got Brent Green here with us. So shout out to Brent. What's up? And uh, Michael and I, we have been just all three of us hanging out this weekend. Got to yeah. play some disc golf yesterday. We did. We played at the Flying Armadillo, which uh, kind of has a mini course and then a big course, and we had a good time. And Michael took us to his home course and beat the snot out of everyone. Yes, that is true. Even Joe and Dusty. Shout out to Joe and Dusty for getting beat by Michael. But they beat Brent and I pretty soundly. So well, What was the I comment? The, had two that were uh, good competition and two that were good companies? Yes, like that. that's right. I had two, two were great companies <laughs> and, heard and that. two yeah, were good competition. It was hateful. I didn't say which ones were which. Yeah, so, so mm. we were the good company, huh? <laughs> okay. So, so, yeah. Yeah, that's nice. And I didn't really beat Joe all that bad and he got an ace yesterday he did he and got an ace and he didn't even go that crazy he, I mean he got excited he but threw it was his, his arms second up. ace he threw his arms up but I kind of expected the shirt to come off and him to run around in this big <laughs> circle but he didn't it was good though it was good yeah so that was legit that actually happened um, tonight we're going to see Texas State play some basketball so one of my former students yeah. Mason Harrell is going to play and they're, they're doing really well might make the big dance this this year, so that'll be fun for all of us. Looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. Well, we are answering listener questions this year, so uh, we had quite a few that have come in now, so we're trying to get to them as we can. I thought this time it might be a a fun one to talk about. Uh, How much should pastors talk about politics? Yeah, I don't know anything about politics. Paula does have a, a couple of ticks. Um, yeah, sometimes when she gets really mad, her eyebrows get really high. <laughs> okay, we should probably not talk about politics. That's when you know, yeah. you know, our boys are like the, the mom the, eyebrows. Come yeah, out. they they know how how mad mom is by how high the eyebrows go, <laughs> and if they're high enough, you just run for the hills. Sure, but you know. yeah. I, I have to kind of back off of that a little bit because sometimes it makes Paula sound like she's just mean and angry all the time. She's no, not. She's this not. rarely happens, but when it does happen, you can always judge from the eyebrows. So, um, so yeah, that I don't think we're talking about that kind of Paula's ticks, but um, okay. 
but yeah we we as pastors we live in a world right so um and in the world there are ways that we think about living and really when i was talking to my congregation not too long ago it's kind of hard to be not political i used to think i wanted to be apolitical like uh, that was on my twitter bio sure i'm apolitical i don't want to get involved in politics sure but then i realized that politics just means like how you live in the world yeah so it's kind of hard to be it's kind of hard not to uh, unless live you just in the world like and, and sit there like a bump on a log or something right um so. my you know i grew up in a house where politics we we talked about them all the time i don't know that we ever really expected them to be talked about from the pulpit or even that we had many conversations with the pastor of the church i was growing up in um, about politics but my dad talked about politics extensively. I think he, he would prefer me to be a politician rather than a pastor. Uh, oh, you're pretty much the same, you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> he said that before. You know, you, you just pontificate on whatever it is you're you're passionate about. You got to raise money. And you you got yeah, to do all things. So he he's likened me to that before. But um, he wanted me to be a politician. He felt like uh, you know there was some real change that could happen uh, from the political system and. Uh, you know, we, we have we have a rule in our home, you know. Uh, I don't think we always follow it, but uh, don't, we don't vote for incumbents. Like, that was my dad's rule. We don't vote for incumbents. Never? Yeah, he was just like, no, no voting for incumbents. Wow. And, uh, like, I've but never he couldn't heard control of that me. rule. He couldn't control me when I got in the booth. That's the beauty of the booth, right? You know, you can't control me while I'm yeah. in Yeah, when I was in my apolitical phase, I actually wrote in Jesus for president. Did you really? There was a book that kind of yeah, inspired yeah. that. <laughs> Jesus for President Claiborne yeah. and, and Hall, Chris Hall. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's the time I met them. Yeah, oh, we, that's right. You went and saw, <laughs> saw him talking about that and sure left did. me out. Brent but, and I have both met Shane Claiborne twice, yeah. and Michael's been left yeah. out of all those things. But Brent, when you went to see, I at least yeah. photoshopped the yeah. pictures. So yeah, yeah. Like you he there. went. Y'all went to see him the second time, and yeah. I said, "Hey, you're going to see him a second time without me." And Brent rem- sends me a photo that he's photoshopped me into a picture where he got Chris Hall and Shane Claiborne to put their arm out like it was around me. And everybody in the picture is wearing like street clothes, like t-shirts and jeans and shorts and whatnot. And I'm wearing a suit and a tie. That's so awesome. (laughs) Michael was way overdressed. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Way overdressed for this (laughs) occasion. Way overdressed. I look like a politician coming to a uh, a talk by Shane Claiborne. Maybe maybe your dad was right. So, yeah, so I used to think a lot about like, just, you know, I'm not going to get involved in that, but Ultimately, I think, you know, the gospel calls us to live in certain ways. And so, you know, there is a sense in which um, different stances that politicians take or parties take, uh, we kind of have have to see where we line up with those things and at least acknowledge that that there's a Christian ethic that we try to live in. But it usually doesn't fall right on party lines. No, no, I usually end up just saying everybody's wrong. Yeah. (laughs) That's what... (laughs) So, I, you know, I used to, I remember in high school, I was, uh, man, I was part of the Young Republicans Club. Were you really? Oh, yeah. I was, I thought, you know, because uh, in my I house, was just a skater. We, we anti-establishment. Oh, really? And uh, <laughs> down with the man. That's right. <laughs> so, Rage, Rage Against, against the, the Machine. machine. <laughs> yeah. Right. We're listening to some of that oh, on yeah, the way we down, aren't oh, yeah. we? Mm-hmm. But I, uh, I, you know, growing up in that house with my dad, we had political discussions all the time. I just thought everybody did. And so, like, I would bring them to the cafeteria table, and I would bring them into the classroom, and I was, I'd bring wherever I was. And uh, and it didn't take long to figure out that not everybody thought exactly the same. You Is know? that right? <laughs> I haven't noticed that in our society at all. 
Not everybody thought that I was right, and that yeah. was problematic. You were me. right, though, if you're a Republican. Well, yeah, you were you know, on the right. You know, I can, you're I, leaning right. I think you're I actually right. used to say, I can afford to be closed-minded because I'm right. Yes. You know, which is a terrible thing to say, but I thought, you know, in my arrogance and in my youth, I thought it was a pretty spiffy thing to say. You know? Yeah, one of the reasons why I love Shane Claiborne is because he goes like, he does kind of straddle that line pretty well. A lot of people... Um, you know, they would say, well, we're just going to buy into this particular line or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then so, okay, so maybe I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat through and through. But, like, especially let's just use the issue of life, for example. Like, you know, I've always been very pro-life when it comes to, like, unborn babies. You know, when I first saw my son, Nathan, in a sonogram, I was like, I wrote a song about it. It yeah. just deeply oh, yeah. impacted me. It was like very like how could anyone ever I mean at least let the child have a chance whatever so but then I'm also like it's astounding that the same party that's very uh, forward life before the womb like sometimes doesn't love those babies out of the womb because they're like they oh, yeah. end up becoming like a Muslim or, right. or whatever it is you yeah. know like now some people your group that yeah. you got are, born now or we want your... people who've messed up mm-hmm. their life to be killed sure. by the death penalty so sure. now we're not for life at the sure. end of life I, I mean oh, yeah. I don't know how all that works so yeah I think that's where I I begin to 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 come to as a, a as a pastor is like I do speak about politics but I don't speak about like a platform uh, a party like our politic has to rise from the ethic of scripture sure and uh, almost we we're almost always destined then to stand outside of both of it, yeah. both the major parties. Oh yeah, and critique from like the prophetic role of the church. You know, like, sure. Well, Jesus always did. I mean, if the politics of Jesus or the economy of the kingdom is talked about, I mean, Jesus said, uh, you know, would would say <laughs> talk about money a whole lot. And that's a real political thing to talk about. Right. You know? Yeah. You, you, <laughs> you start you, getting in people's wallets. Yeah, you and do. You start really, causing start causing people to get nervous you might get crucified if you're not careful and jesus was too compassionate for some people <laughs> you know he, it, sure. he, he was for life like this lady who's laying at his feet who's caught in the act of adultery and you know the the party of the day of the yep. pharisees would say well she's stoner <laughs> we have the right oh yeah and then jesus is like but this is a, yeah. a, a person created in the image sure. of God, and if you haven't, you know, if you haven't sinned, you all know that story. Hopefully, oh, maybe right. cast the first stone, and and she walks away scot free, and he tells her to leave that life of sin and, sure. and live more fully, you know. But so he 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 straddles both the sides of the equation by not just saying, okay, keep doing what you're doing, right? Um, you know, go and sin but, no more. Yeah, is it one thing. But he but he, he also, also fights for her life when sure nobody else will. Yeah, and he gets in fights with. You know, the zealots as well, you know. I mean, put the sword down. Mm-hmm. And then he gets in fights with the Sadducees, and you know, about, you know, Jewish law and where the inheritance should go and how, how you know, they were money-grubbing. <laughs> and yeah. He, and so he got, and also they were kind of capitulators to the right. to the cultural yeah. norms, and he was not cool with that either. So yeah. Jesus, you know. Uh, Jesus he definitely had a politics. Yeah, I mean, he, when you it would have been a hard, temple. if you voted a straight <laughs> ticket, you wouldn't have hit Jesus. Yeah. So if he, he wouldn't have been on the right, yeah. you'd, you'd had to vote for him directly. You couldn't just vote a straight ticket.
There was a really political act in overturning the temple. Like we don't think about the temple. We we think about temples as like places of worship only, but that was the center of society, both political, sure, spiritual. So when you go overthrow it, you're overthrowing the system as is. Yes. And part of it was because it was supposed to be a house of prayer for all nations, well, sure. and they had kind of pushed the Gentiles out. Sure. Like uh, by by creating that marketplace, one of the things I read was talking about how the marketplace had pushed the space for the Gentiles out because mm-hmm. they couldn't, like, that was their area they could go in, and now it was taken up by this yeah. marketplace for the Jews right. to buy their sacrifices and also the corruption and all right. that. Right, so it was hard to make. And, and literally, that would have been the space in which people prayed. Yeah. So can you imagine that you have a prayer going on and you're circled up with some friends and somebody taps everybody on the shoulder while their heads are bowed and their eyes are closed and says, hey, hey I'd like to sell you these raffle tickets. Right. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, it's so it's kind of this problematic hey, thing you my, know my girl sale on girl scout cookies can you buy like fifteen thousand boxes <laughs> please which which that's not to say that i have a problem with girl scouts oh no selling I cookies in the in the foyer of the church or anything like right. that i mean that's that was a be a waste Just of time not to have that doing prayer or <laughs> yeah but it's probably not appropriate to interrupt somebody who is at an altar of prayer you yeah. know praying to try to sell them something hey you know when's the last time you you thought about replacing your shingles you know, on, on your roof. That, that's not the time. We're, or a right. new car salesman coming in and trying to sell you some car while you're kneeling at an altar. And, and yeah. You know, so that's and not exactly. Can I get you this undercoating real quick? <laughs> I know you have some dents. I was in the parking lot yeah. just now. You know, it's not a not kind of appropriate place to do that kind of business. And so, and it was. Well, they, w- they weren't creating spray, space for the space. other there either. Right. So. Yeah. I, I think, you know, by the way, about Girl Scout cookies. Um, if we are fans of Girl Scout cookies, you want to send Thin some mints. to the show? Thin mints. 10 200 Samoas. Southeast 15th Street, Midwest <laughs> City, Oklahoma. Thin Michael mints. can just dream about them. And oh, right yeah. now, we'll like take them. pictures and send them to you <laughs> as we eat them. I like the okay. ones with peanut They're butter in them. Yes. What are those called? I don't know. Those are good too. They got oh, peanut yeah. butter and chocolate. I'm not sure. Oh, man. Samoas I'm not are the sure. best. So, yeah. So, the question is like, how much should pastors be involved in politics? And I think, you know, I've been in both situations. I've been in in churches where they hand out a voting guide. Oh, absolutely. Which is like, this is how you should vote if you're a Christian, Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm not for that. I'm not really for that. I've been in churches where also, like, the the kind of progressive agenda is always pushed. Like, there's always, it's always left-leaning, everything that's said. You know, there's no no thought about, um, you know, the other side of things. So I... I think for me, like when you start talking about how much should pastors be involved in politics, I think one of the great things that frees us is using the text. Yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, yes. If the text says it, mm-hmm. we should care about it. Yes. Like, if Absolutely. the text says it, we should care about it. So that's why I love preaching from the lectionary. And for those of you who don't know, I explain this in my congregation all the time. But the lectionary is a three-year cycle of passages that have kind of been developed to help us get through the bulk of Scripture and use different Scriptures. There's Old Testament, there's Psalms, um, there's an epistle, and there's a gospel every week. And so over three years, you could use all the gospels, and then you could go back and use all the Psalms. So you could get about 12 years worth of material. Sure from one lectionary cycle Mm -hmm. and then you just take the text and you see what the text says because we always bring our preconceived notion and even when you're doing it that way you have preconceived notions oh but it helps you if you start with the text Mm -hmm. and not with hey this is the agenda i want to preach about this week and uh so let's see if we can find some scripture passages to beat people over the head with right well that would be proof (laughs) proof texting yeah Yeah. and and we tend to do that in our political 
agendas. Oh, especially. But it, I mean, really, we have to be honest about the fact that if we're translating, you know, Greek manuscripts into modern English. Wait, Greek manuscripts? They're not in English to begin with? No. <laughs> Sorry, you just threw original me. Original King James? No, no it's not. if it's I good thought, enough for King James. Yeah, the James, King James is good, good enough for St. Paul, Paul, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so you're starting with the Greek manuscript. Some people really don't think about this. I'm, I'm being facetious, but really, right, yeah. when you sit down on a Sunday, people think, this is the Bible as I have it. Uh-huh, yeah. And they don't think they about think, it. It was a Greek manuscript. They think it's pure and it's clean and that all of it's the... It's not messy at all. All of the colloquialisms from ancient from an ancient world simply just transfer over to a yeah. modern-day colloquialism. So I didn't which, mean to interrupt. What so, were you saying about the Greek manuscript? That, I mean, well, we, have to, we can't pretend like the, the translations that we've done from... Uh, that the translation from Hebrew into Latin, or Hebrew and Greek into Latin, uh, and the translations from Hebrew and Greek uh, through Latin into English, uh, kind of that that was that that's a smooth conduit, you yeah. know, like that's not easy easily done, and it takes teams years and years to do it. I mean, in those translations that are done even by you know individuals like the, the right. message where yeah. Eugene Peterson or JB Phillips years ago did the New yeah. Testament translation you know we always got to know our bias a little bit there's there's no way that we can it, it, you know just completely eradicate the political nature um, and that's a kind of a play on words because we always talk about the eradication of the sinful nature. But yeah. we can't, it be hard for us to eradicate the political nature. Entire politicalization, <laughs> sanctification. Yeah, we've, nah, we've no, sanctified the politics out of this, which it would be very hard for us to do. I mean, cause yeah. it will matter, you know, where you grew up and how, I mean, how you say, because there are arguments all yeah. the time over what does this word mean? Well, it translates like this. Yeah. But it could mean, and the list is really And there could be an long. idiom you've never heard of in the Greek Absolutely. text. Absolutely. There's, you know, a dog returning to its vomit. Yeah. Like, that's what a... What does that mean? That's, you know, try to, you know, take that from the Greek where it was said and put it into modern English and figure out, you know, exactly what we're talking about. There's a lot of people who would look at that and go, what? That's yeah. just gross. And they would abandon ship before they even evaluated what it meant. Um, and so there's going to be political biases and there's going to be political things that go into the way that we fight through the interpretation of yeah, those words. Yeah, because everybody has a politic. Like your politic is simply the way you think about how the world should be run. And you have ideas about that, whether you speak them or whether you don't. Like how should this world be structured and how should we be living with one another and what should be the moral norms and all these things. They're all wrapped up in us. And we have them. We were probably given a lot of them from our parents and close friends. But to to and assume news, that we are not less we look at, yeah, read, you know. One of the things I've started doing, I was going to get to this, is I'll read an article from a very left-leaning source, and then I'll read the same article from a right-leaning source. Because I think that's middle. important right. when we start talking about this. If we're only reading one type of people, then then we're not getting a balanced view of what the world really looks like. We're not getting like other people's opinions. And even people we disagree with. So the other day I was texting a friend of mine and we were talking about somebody that was left-leaning. Was mm-hmm. the, That was the statement. Right. And he says to me, I thought you were left. <laughs> and I said, well, to some people, yeah, I am. Yes, oh, yeah. And to other people, I'm really far right. Yeah, are we talking Are we talking <laughs> California left? Are yeah. we talking Austin left? Are you we mean talking... California is in, like, distance? Yeah. Or you mean, well, like, political no, I mean, ideologies? just politi- yeah. political ideologies. But there's a lot of conservatives who live in, in California. You yeah, know? And, so, and I, I live in the Bible Belt, so tri- I'm probably yeah. more right just because of that. Sure. Like, growing sure. up in the well, Bible and Belt. And we've said, we've said things like blue and red states, right? Yeah. Well, 
That's not how it works. Yeah, I mean, that's not, that seems really cut and dry when in fact, you know, when when 46% of a state is blue and and yeah, and the other percentage is, you know, which would be 54, right? Um, yes, <laughs> math, math, because so, of math, <laughs> um, is is red. You know, that's 46% of the population is blue. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, on the opposite end, you know, it's like we just say, oh well, those 46% don't matter. Yeah. In the and so and then we divide it up into blue and red, and we're like, hey, uh, this state is this way. Well, no, right. it's not. Yeah. This state is still divided. Yeah. Just because the majority won the vote doesn't mean that we have unity on the issue. Right. You know, uh, so our political system lies to us about unity, you know, uh, and so we have to we have to be very careful that we don't just totally, and that's what we've done is we, we create these polarizing experiences. Yes. And so we live in a dichotomy, and then we let the scripture try to create these dichotomies yes, for us. Yes, we want the scripture it, to it fit doesn't, our side yeah, of the dichotomy. It doesn't do that. Uh, it resists the, it, as a matter of fact. It resists the dichotomies. We might have talk, talked about this before, but one of my professors was talking about how Facebook algorithms put us in further silos because we see the <laughs> yes, people that we are like. Yes. Uh-huh. Because you see the stuff you watch most, so you just keep seeing more and more of the same world. Sure. And so you think that's the only world that sure. exists. But I think maybe more important than the, the question of how political should a pastor be is how should we live, not just as pastors, but as people with people we disagree with in the church? Because oh. I think that will be the thing oh, yeah. that changes the world. Yeah. Like, if I can look at you and realize you voted for the other person, uh-huh. and you disagree with me about yeah. this issue, and yeah. I can say, but I'm going to love you anyway. So t- let's talk about that as we kind of wind down here. Like, so what do you think, the how pro- do you think we begin right. that with? Well, I think that, you know, I heard Dan Boone say it best, and Dan, uh, basically he got a bunch of pastors and staff members into a room and he asked some really hard questions and he and he knew they were polarizing questions or yeah he wrote been, two books about been, it didn't been he? polarized and so he said hey raise your hand if you were on this side of the issue and people would raise their hand to gasps from the other yeah. side and people would go oh you know like I can't believe you raised your hand who are you I don't I don't even know you anymore you know kind of a thing and and then he would say well if you're on the other side raise your hand and hands would go down and other hands would go up and he'd say yeah but you don't get to leave the room because holy love keeps us in the conversation yes and I think that's probably way to we, quote Dan Boone because that's really good stuff yeah you think so I, not that you're <laughs> saying good stuff but he did oh yeah that's what Dan said I'm I, just yeah. messing with but it but it really was impacting to it me is. because very... because I felt like that was the best articulation of what we were all feeling is that I, we need to stay in the conversation because we have a tendency to shout each other down and so uh, yes we should pastors should be involved in politics but what we should be more involved in is unifying the body of Christ reconciliation yeah and so so and and how can politics right work for for both sides of an issue how can we help people get along within the tension of all of it? Because we have to live in tension. And without discrediting people on the other side. Right. You, you know, because we can't, we don't get to stone people to death yeah. because they disagree with us anymore. <laughs> I've been in churches where it was like, if you said the D word of Democrat, you know, mm-hmm. Democrats couldn't be Christian. Sure. I've, I've seen those kind of churches. Oh, right. And I've also seen church places where Republicans or anyone like that, mean. like yeah. yeah, you just couldn't be that. And so I think um, one of the things that I'm really trying to do at community that's really tough, to be honest, is hold that tension with some people who we have. We have people who voted all along the spectrum, mm-hmm. um, including libertarian. You know, we have yeah. people, and, and it's like 
can we choose to get past to to not do what the world is doing, right. which is just writing other people off as the villain, always oh, creating right. that villainizing line. the the opponent. Yeah, or can we can we say, um, you know, the that oh the Christ in you will not mm-hmm. argue with the Christ in me. Oh, the Christ yeah. in me will not argue with the Christ in you. So one time I asked Leonard Sweet about social justice within the name drop. Of, what he was saying. Well, I was just at this conference. I asked Shane Claiborne the other day. Just randomly just, asked. He was, no, he, when we were at this conference, I'm and I asked him, you. he said, yeah, got any questions? I raised my hand. I said, yeah, I got a question. How can you apply what you just said to social justice? Because he was talking about a bell curve world versus a well curve world. And used to, the rich couldn't see the poor because there was too much distance between right. them. But now with the internet and the way that the world works, um, you know, it used to, everything used to, the world was flat, then it was round, and then now it exists in the dot of .com, .org, .net, .church. Um, and so he said, he was saying all these things. I said, apply this to social justice. And he just looked at me and said, well, I can't villainize anyone. And what he was saying That's was... so tough. Golly. I, <laughs> I looked around at the other people in the room. I'm, I'm looking at him going, do you realize that he just punched me in the gut? Yeah, because like, you that were villainizing was, the driver in front of us just yesterday. I mean, I am a villain. <laughs> I am good at villainizing. I'm just messing with you. Villainizing, you know whoever's my opponent right yeah like they're they're wrong i'm right and so he really just sort of nailed me to the wall with that i thought i was being you know smart with my question yeah and and very activist political you know and i thought i was leaning politically right. in, a, in a good direction and he was like no uh we have to get along with everyone which i think comes back to for me just like as we learn to love God and let God love us, like in prayer, scripture, that we begin to see that God loves the his image in us and not the things we do. And then we begin to realize, oh, wait, God's image is in that person too. Yes. And God's image is even the furthest right. Jesus will push us is God's mm-hmm. image is in my enemy. Mm-hmm. And and I think um, maybe what what we are called as the church is to be that place where the political tension can exist and yet we say I will still love you in spite of our disagreements I will not make you the villain sure I see God's image in you even though I disagree with you right. and pretty strongly on oh, this yes. one <laughs> yes but but you know uh, he so Jesus with the cross says I would rather die than hurt you yeah you know and so I think that's kind of where we have to be, I'd rather I'd rather die on this cross to redeem you and bring you together, than than let you go force on. you to my yeah, way of thinking yeah, than like coerce you. With Dr. Crutcher, when we were talking about like the arguments, like it's better to be in relationship than to be right. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Leonard Sweet told a story one time. He said, "Hey, listen, uh, I got in this truck. And my friend picked me up at the airport, and it's this great truck. It looked just like my truck. I have a truck, and I and when I got in his truck, he had the same truck I had. So we just talked about the truck all the way to his house. By the time we got to his house, it was my truck too. It was our truck." Yeah. He said, and then and then we got out, and I was getting my bag out of the back, and I noticed that that there was this dent in the bed, and and uh, uh, basketball goal, the neighbor's basketball goal. It was the shape of their basketball goal, and I could tell. Oh, their goal fell over. Does your neighbor know this? Does he know that he ruined our truck? He needs to fix this. He needs to pay for it. You know. Yeah. He said, I, my friend said, yeah. Well, we have you know we have meals together, and and we get along, and our kids play together. And he said, that's beside the point. <laughs> He, he dented our truck. truck. Yeah. And uh, he said, yeah, I felt that way too. And then my wife said, well, would you rather be right or be in relationship? Yeah. And uh, and I think that's that's kind of what we have to choose is, is relationship. I think that's what that, I think that's what Christ chooses. Right. Is relationship over 
you know, because he is right. Like yeah. whatever, whatever yeah. God does is is right. So, so, but he chose relationship. Brent over, mentioned, you know, smiting us or smoting us or whatever the right word is. Brent mentioned Tim Crutcher. We had him come talk about this very thing, and and one of the things that he also said was, you know, what you just said. God is right, and all of us, we're. To assume that we've got it figured out. Yeah. Like, all of us have to hold our opinions loosely. Yes. Sorry, there's a lot of traffic all of a sudden that may not that be able awesome. to hear. But, but God is, God is r- right, and we all have to hold our opinions loosely because none of us will ever even come close to right. Right. Paul says, at best, we are groping in the dark for the truth. Yeah. Right? Like, we're just... We're, I'm not groping. <laughs> That's not ministry That's sake. Not, is that not ministry I will not sake? agree with Paul on that one. <laughs> I know what you mean. We're grasping for truth. <laughs> yes. uh, sorry. No, but I think see right there. That's a that's a point where a word that used to be a valuable word within society, and this has happened so yes. on such a. I mean, the internet and memes have killed language. To you the can't point hardly where you preach can't say anymore anything, man. Because you everything you, you say will be laughed at for loud. something or the other. To be a public speaker these days. You are gonna say something that can be misconstrued. Oh yeah. And sound bites, especially with teenage bites, boys. I'm sorry, but sound bites are easy. Like people who make a living pulling sound bites are are doing a very easy work. Yeah. Of of slander, of of whatever whatever the right word is that you know creating libel, um, if it's in print. <laughs> but yeah. If, you know, but they're just pulling it out of context. Right. And I think that probably politics has become. The, yeah. the biggest arena where sound that's taking place, culture. and so we're scared of politics because you don't want to get sound bitten, right? You know? And and but you but we've got to take that risk and say you know maybe what if the sound the only sound bite they could ever pull from the church or pastors was love, yeah, love your neighbor, well, and love think, your enemy. I think love. that's getting back to the original question when when you're up speaking to people, I think you better be sure that what you're saying is in scripture. And that it's, you know, if you're going to take a hardline stance on something, like, and just say this is, you know, this is the way it's got to be or else you're not in the kingdom. I, right. I don't, that's a tough thing to say about a lot of things. But, um, you know, you better be real sure that you are, you, you're speaking from the scripture and not from yourself. Like, sure. Well, yeah. you know, all these people are wrong and I'm right. And, and because when you start meddling in that way in politics, then... What you do is just alienate a whole group of people for something that might be your opinion as opposed to something that you really feel like Scripture is calling us to. And there are some things that Scripture calls us to that we need to stand up and, and be counted for, right? Sure. But, but we want to be careful that we're not just politicizing things. Right. Because right we saw now we're going to create a list, somewhere. a hard line list of the things that Scripture stands for. And make sure that all of our listeners have a list. No, we're not oh, going to do that oh, okay. because that just becomes legalism. And <laughs> right. So and legalism is a dangerous thing, right? Yeah. So we're just trusting the Holy Spirit to guide us. But, but yeah, I think as we preach, we, we need to be aware that um, there are people with other viewpoints in, in the congregation. There are people that look at the world very differently. And unless we've sat in their place and walked in their shoes, we may not. And so I think the, the biggest politic would be loving the other and the person not like you even the person who believes differently in politics than you got anything else i'm good that's fun to go i'm not good only god <laughs> is good but 
I feel good about what we said. I think you're a pretty good guy. Thanks, but Nate. No, this, um, maybe we just need to drive down here every weekend, Brent. This has been a lot Let's of fun. Let's do it. Well, I could, I could probably, you know, Maggie's, Maggie's about to move to there Southern Nazarene University here in the in the next six months. Oh, that's hurting my feelings right now. Man, um, we're going to love it. We're going to try to recruit her over at Community Church of the Nazarene. Yeah, you should. Put her we to work. Try. Yeah, put her to work. But, uh, so I, I may have to drive up, you know. I don't know if y'all have a... A spot as cool as the uh, as Summer Moon Coffee, now, the firewood. We have, uh, we we have open flame now. Oh, you have open flame. Good. Okay, so it's good. we might have to go check that out. It's open for all people who would like to come experience the flame of coffee. <laughs> that I don't think that's that was, it. But was yeah. that an evangelistic? No, push I don't for know. The coffee shop. <laughs> no, I haven't even that. been there yet. I've just drank their coffee at our coffee bar. So oh, okay. I need to go with Brent sometime. Well, you know, um, it's right by his house. I think uh, if you're going to be political, you should be kind. Yes. So That's a good ending. That's it. All right. We'll see you all next week. Love you, man. I'll see you, Love you in too. two seconds here when we go all eat right. Mexican food. Woo! Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. We hope you have a great week. 